And so how many guys got your Bible tonight? Pull out your Bible and, and go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is a, uh, is a, uh, Luke is a, a good book. The Gospel according to Luke. So the good news according to Luke. Luke was uh, a physician and he watched and saw everything Jesus did. He also wrote the book of Acts. We find Acts two books later, the Acts of the Apostles, or what did the disciples do after Jesus died and rose again? What happened? And he wrote that book too. So he was a smart man. And so here he's writing in chapter 10 of Luke, and he's talking about when the 70 uh, disciples were sent out. So Jesus had quite a bit of followers, and he had about 70 guys he brought together. And he's like, all right, I'm going to send you out, and you're going to go heal the sick and... Um, and cast out devils out of people, and do everything that I do in my name. And they're like, sweet. So they go. So we pick up here in verse 17, and this is where they return. So you can imagine 70 people running at Jesus. He's probably thinking, I need to run away. There's 70 people running at me. Because they come to him pretty excited, and we pick up in verse 17. He says this, Then the 70 returned with joy. How many get excited about things sometimes? And they were saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So what happened was, they were disciples of Jesus. Jesus was uh, casting out or uh, doing exorcism or taking demons out of people. And these guys go and they're realizing, because of the authority that Jesus gave them, they had the same ability to take and cast demons out of people. So they come back really excited that these spiritual uh, demons, these demonic manifestations were taking place, and the people are being set free. And So they're really excited. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a good promise, isn't it? Verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Praise God for that. Verse 21, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said... That phrase right there, rejoiced in the Spirit, is actually a unique phrase. It actually means that Jesus did like a Greek dance. It's, one of the, it's the only time in the New Testament where we find this phrase where Jesus was like dancing. He was so excited and stoked about something, and, he, and we're going to find out what it is. He gets really passionate, and the disciples come with some joy, but Jesus shows some exceeding joy and rejoices greatly in the Spirit. So what Jesus was doing, if you could imagine this 30, 32-year-old uh, Jewish man with a robe dancing in the streets of Galilee, uh, dust going everywhere, and uh, the disciples confused, why is this man dancing? So this is what he was doing. He was dancing. He was really excited. So if people don't believe in dancing, well, there you go. Jesus danced. You can look it up in the original Greek if you don't believe me. Jesus danced. Yes. Because he was excited about something. He said, I thank you, Father, 
Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes or childlike. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus is saying, nobody knows the Father, and nobody knows the Son except who the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus is saying, he's teaching a principle that God has to reveal himself to people. Verse 23, then he turned to his disciples and said, so pretty much what happened, Jesus is dancing and saying, thank you, Lord, that you revealed this to these people. And then he looks back at his disciples and he's like, blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Jesus is saying, you guys have the mystery gospel revealed to you. For thousands and thousands of years, everybody looked forward to this time when this person, Jesus, would show up on the stage. The Messiah, the the chosen one who would take away the sins of the world, that would be the hope of salvation. And everybody looked for this time, and Jesus is walking with these disciples, waiting for them to get it, for them to get the revelation. So they go and they walk in his name and they cast out demons and come back excited. And they're excited about the wrong thing. They were bragging about the wrong thing. And so Jesus shows them what's more important. He shows them that what's most important is to know the Father and to know the Son. And he says, this is why I dance. He shows them this is what somebody should get excited about is that they know the Father and that they know the Son. <clears throat> I really like the message, the message translation by Eugene Peterson. He's a man of God. He's old now. He's probably retired. He took a good uh, sum of his life to write what we call the message translation of the Bible. We don't know how, I don't know how long, he, how long he took, but it probably took a long time. He first started with the New, new, uh, the new Testament, which would be the Gospels and the Epistles and the whole New Testament. He took all the New Testament and rewrote it and uh, translated, it, translated it in a different, uh, uh, just a different translation, I guess, so that we would understand it in our language. And so the Message Bible is awesome. I wouldn't say it's a good study Bible to study from, but it's definitely a good thing to read and to take it and to compare it with other scriptures. So I took a scripture from uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. It says this in the message translation. It says, God's message. Don't let the wise brag of their wisdom. And don't let heroes brag of their exploits. And don't let the rich brag of their riches. If you brag, brag of this and this only, that you understand and know me. I'm God, and I act in loyal love. I do what's right and set things right and fair, and delight in those who do the same things. These are my trademarks, God's decree. If you brag, brag in this, and in this only, that you understand and know me. Tonight, the title of my message is My Brag. 
My Brags. If you're taking notes, it's titled My Brag. It's going to be fun tonight. I want to ask a challenging question. What do you brag about? What do you brag about? Two weeks ago, the first message of the new year, we talked about what is your hope in? What do you hope in? What is your hope? Last week, we looked at what is your source in life? And tonight, we're going to talk about what is your brag? What do you brag about? Another word that the Bible uses in the New King James Version is the word boast. What do you boast about? What do you tell other people about that you're excited about? We're looking at a whole new year, and there's three different levels I want to look at. What are you hoping in? What's in front of you? What is your source or something that you're standing on right now that you rely on? And thirdly, what do you brag about that which happened in the past? What is your hope? What is your source right now? And what is your brag? Three things for us to look at a new year. You need to have the right hope. You need to have the right source in life. And you need to have the right brag for you to have a successful life this year. Amen? So we're going to look at that. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful and thankful, God, that you have revealed, God, yourself to us. God, it wasn't because we pulled up our bootstraps and tried really hard to try to find you. God, you simply and powerfully revealed yourself to us. And so, God, we're here to thank you for that. God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you bring conviction and challenge and grace to accomplish your will. Help us to hear and understand your word and help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. I do have one announcement. We have some friends and leaders in the house and they have a baby here tonight. It's Andrew and Gabrielle. He's holding it up like in The Lion King. Back in the right corner back there. Praise God for Andrew and Gabrielle. We're thankful and we're praying for you guys. Praise God. That's awesome. So don't touch it. Uh, you got... You got like sticky, icky hands, and you know Andrew might break your wrist or something. So I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Babies amaze me. I don't have a baby yet, but my little brother has two, and so I spend a lot of time with. Uh, isn't that funny? My little brother has two. Uh, I spend a lot of time with them, him, and and my sister-in-law, his wife, and it's amazing to me uh, what what babies get excited about. Um, they get excited about things that I'll never probably get excited about unless I'm constipated. And what I mean by that is, what I mean by that is this. Did he just say constipated? Ashley told me there's two things you can't talk about in a message. Taking a shower and pooping. You just can't talk about those in a message. So she's not here tonight. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to have fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but really, I'm just, uh, just thinking about Babies, and the other day uh, I was over at my my uh, brother's house, and they were uh, my my niece Allie. I talk about her a lot. Uh, she 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 is. I saw a video. Kylie, my sister-in-law, showed me this video on her iPhone. It's amazing what technology we have. And the baby Allie is sitting on the toilet. She's being potty trained. She's learning how to uh, use the restroom. One day she'll hear this and be really mad at me and hit me, but she's too young. She don't know what I'm talking about, you know, so. So she's learning how to use the toilet, and, and she's sitting there and talking, and then, she, you know, she released some uh, gases. 
And, uh, <laughs> and she got uh, Kylie, her eyes get huge. And Kylie goes, oh, what was that? And she goes, did you fart? She's like, she goes, good job. And she gets really excited, you know, on the toilet. And then a little bit later, she came out, and, and when she had gone to the restroom the first time, uh, when babies go to the restroom the first time, they get really excited in the toilet, and like, I went poo-poo in the toilet or whatever, you know. It's funny what, what babies brag about. I just think that we'll never, you'll never see me running out of the bathroom going, I went poop in the bathroom, you know. Uh, I hope you don't. Well, the reality is, is only guys poop. Girls don't, right? And all the junior high guys were like, oh, man, totally, dude. And then it's funny what junior hires brag about. Mainly junior high boys, probably. But I remember you get so excited about being able to burp the ABCs. And then you want to go a step further and fart the ABCs. I didn't say it. You said it, not me. If you're wondering if I'm going to be talking about farting and burping the whole night, I'm not. Uh, So, just in case you're wondering. And then when you get into high school, because in junior high you don't really have as much acne and stuff, but when you get into high school, acne starts coming. More. And so then you start bragging about the, 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 the zit that you popped or something and how... And some of you are sitting here like, whatever, I don't do that. Not at all. And the humongous... Like, did you guys see the, the, that YouTube video? The biggest zit in the world or something like that? It's this big. Literally, it's that big. It's pretty nasty. It's on YouTube. Just look up the biggest zit in the world and watch a guy pop a zit for 12 minutes. It's... I can't believe I'm still talking about this. This is nasty. So, you guys can't get edified tonight and you're, getting, you're just getting sick to your stomach. I'm sorry. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that it just amazes me how in every different level, in every different age group, there's different things that we brag about. We all brag about so many different things. Even at a young age, one years old, right when, they start, right when they're able to talk, they brag about things. And even to this day and this week, you bragged about something. We look at the story of these disciples that come back and they return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They come back bragging. You know what I mean? They come up bragging about how these demons were listening to them. And they were pretty excited. So last week we asked the question, what is your source? And this week I asked the question, what is your brag? What do you brag about? First question I have is, what about... What about your physique? Let's talk about your physique. Hey, in the back, Dean and Austin, and I don't know the other two, stop talking. Thank you. What about your physique? Maybe your height. Maybe you think you're cute. Maybe somebody else told you you're cute. 
Maybe you're not tall, but maybe you're short, so you brag that you're short than somebody, shorter than somebody. Or maybe because you're tall, you think that it's cool to brag about being tall. And so you brag and you boast about being tall. Or being short. Or being ugly. Well, I'm uglier than you. <laughs> if you want to brag about that, you just do that all day long. I don't even care. No, that's, that's, that's not good. Maybe your hair color. I have blonde hair. And then when our fad changes in our cu- culture, well, now blonde hair or now brunette hair isn't in style, so now I'm going to change my hair color to whatever hair color it should be, so I'm going to brag about that then. I don't know, what do you brag about? In your own physique, in your own physical appearance, what are the things that you brag about? I have big feet, I have little feet. I have green eyes, I have blue eyes. My eyes are black. I don't have white around my eyes. That's kind of weird. I'm not thinking of anybody tonight, and I want you to know that, but I'm just listing off everything that comes in my head. I'm skinny. I'm heavy. I'm strong. I'm muscular. I don't know, what do you brag about in your physique? You ask a question to yourself. Maybe you brag about natural abilities. Your natural abilities. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe an athlete. (laughs) That was you, just journal it right now, just journal it. Just kidding. Maybe you're an athlete and you brag that you're athletic, that you're coordinated. Maybe you brag that you can play an instrument better than somebody else. Maybe you brag that you can paint or draw and create things better than other people and the other people can't. You can. That's your brag. That's the thing that you find your confidence in. Your natural abilities. Maybe you're just disciplined. You brag about that you're disciplined? Maybe you brag that you're undisciplined. That's the way God made me. I'm just undisciplined. I'm just going to be that way. I'm just going to be random. I'm being honest. I mean, what are things that we brag about? These aren't things that we look at in our culture. But according to the Word of God, God has a standard of things that we ought to brag about. And anything else other than Him, because He's a jealous God, He does not okay. Maybe you brag that you're smart. You're naturally smart. And the reality is, this is a natural ability. Some people are naturally have more of an ability to be and to understand things, to be more wise, to, to get things quicker, to might be easier for you to get better grades in school. Maybe you brag that you're smarter than somebody else. Maybe you brag that you're the teacher pet. What are your natural abilities that you brag about? Maybe you brag that you're more focused than other people, and other people aren't as focused as you, and that you have more of a natural ability to be focused. And that's a thing that you lean on. That's a thing that you rely on. That's a thing that you pride and you you confident yourself in. That's a thing that puts a smile on your face, is that you're bragging about the reality that you're more focused. 
What, what natural abilities do you brag about? I'm talking about simple things. The reality is tonight, there are so many things in this room that we brag about. We can probably cover every area. And every word that I speak or that somebody speaks from the pulpit, has the impact and can only have the impact that you allow it to have. You can sit here and say, who do you think you are, Gabriel, to challenge me this way? Or you can humble yourself and ask the Lord to search your heart and to know your heart tonight. And ask the Lord, Lord, what is it in my heart that I brag about? Some of us, we've already mentioned many things. I want to be honest and transparent for a moment. I remember I was driving out to my family's house and I have really been wanting to minister to my family and, and uh, lead my whole family to the Lord. And It's a passion of my heart to do that. But as I drive out to Willow, I start facing all of these different desires and passions as I'm heading out there. My brothers and my family are very competitive and very... Uh, we, we like sports. We like competing. And so growing up, it was always who was the fastest, who was the strongest, who hit the hardest, who could tell the best stories about them being better than the other one. And so growing up, that was what we bragged about. That's, at our school, that was the thing that was cool, was that if you were, which is in most schools, that if you were the best athlete, then that's, you were the most popular. And so going, even as a Christian, being transparent, going out to my family's house, I got caught up And really, the Lord caught me and stopped me in this place where I, for a moment, realized what I bragged about. Because as I'm heading out to my family's house, I started thinking about the things that I was wanting to tell my brothers. That I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Because I wanted to to please my brothers. I wanted to come before them and to show them what I had done so that they might receive me somehow, some way. Because in their standards, I had not only accomplished, but more than accomplished things that they saw valuable and things that were good, things that they didn't do. I did. So as I'm driving out there, the Lord asks me, what are you doing? You want to win your family to the Lord? And here you are getting caught up in worldly things. I want you to know that this is something for all of us to walk in and to receive from. And so I challenge you, as I keep going down this list, and there's going to be many more that I won't probably think of tonight, but you have to sift your heart and ask your Lord, and ask Him, Lord, what is it in my heart that I brag about? What is it that, what is it that I dance about in my heart? What is it that I toot my horn about? Maybe it's your race, color of your skin. Maybe it's your race. Maybe it's your heritage, your family tree line. Maybe it's that you have a family, and the family that you have, you brag about. Remember growing up, that was a big one for me. 
And maybe that's what you look to. And because you don't have a family to brag about, you don't brag about anything, so you're miserable. So you're looking to the wrong thing to brag about, and the result is miserable. That's why we can't trust in these things. Maybe it's your family, your heritage. Maybe your great-grandfather was Abraham Lincoln. I think it's hilarious how many times I hear people come to me and say, man, so-and-so is my great-great-great second aunt's uncle. You're like, what? I'm related to George Bush or something. It happens all the time. I don't know, maybe some of us in here tonight, that's what you brag about. You brag that you have a cool family or an awesome family. Or I think these are good things we should have and be thankful for these things. But don't brag about them. Maybe your wealth. Maybe you brag that you're wealthy or not wealthy. Maybe you brag that you're poor. You brag about your wealth. You brag about the money that you make. This was another big challenge for me growing up. Maybe you brag about your education. I got my diploma, or I got my degree, or I got my... I got an A-plus in that class. But I failed gym class. It happens. It really does. Maybe it's your health. I think that maybe in our culture today, people don't brag as much in their health because of the fear that they'll probably be sick one day too. We shouldn't have that fear. We should be thankful for our health. But don't brag about your health. I'm healthy Material possessions. This is a fun one. This is a big one. The vehicle you drive. The house or the apartment that you live in. or The four-wheelers, the snow machines, the dirt bike, the, the, the skateboard. The baseball cards. The Barbie dolls. The cell phones, the electronics that we have, the computer that we have, material possessions. What material possessions do we get caught up in and brag about? Maybe popularity. You brag that you're more popular than somebody else, or that nobody knows me. I'm the least popular person here. Every time I walk in, they just ignore me. Really? They ignore me too? They ignore me worse. <laughs> Man, you're, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Hey, let's go dig your grave and throw you in it. <laughs> it's amazing how people beat themselves up like that. Well, they have nothing to brag about, so they brag that they have nothing to brag about. Aren't we just big braggers? A bunch of braggers, man. Maybe you brag about who you know. Whoo! In leadership, this gets a lot of people. 
brag about the people we know and the books that we've read. Brag about the leader that we know. People we know. People that we know and people that know us. Popularity, fame. We brag about being the best. Best in sports, video games. We brag about what people think of us. Let's go back to the, we brag about being the best. This gets our culture a lot too. Brag about being the best in things. I beat Halo in three hours. (laughs) Wow. I beat it in two and a half. (laughs) I don't know. Being the best in so many different things we can be the be- try and be the best at. Maybe you're the best Bible reader. Maybe you're the best in the sense that you're more holy than somebody sitting next to you. Maybe when you walk in a room, you size yourself up with somebody sitting next to you or somebody standing next to you. And the thing that, you, that motivates you, the thing that you brag about is that you're better than the person sitting next to you because you read the Bible more than them. Or maybe you assume that you do. Or that you pray better than them in your own standard. Or that you have more confidence than them. What do you brag about? Do you brag that you're the best? Maybe you brag about your position. Maybe you don't even say, you know what, bragging doesn't even just mean that you talk about it. But it means that it, it makes you joyful. Maybe you brag about your religious disciplines. We've kind of been talking about those. Reading and praying. And I pray 15 minutes a day. And then you heard somebody pray 16, so then you pray 17. Or at least you feel, well, I can't do 17 because I'm going to be like the school. I really can't miss two minutes of sleep, so I'm just going to sleep a little longer, two minutes. And so you're just going to think, well, I can't brag about that anymore, so I'm just going to give up on that. And all of a sudden, all these disciplines to pursue God have turned into Things to brag about. And maybe we brag about what people think of us. That we're the coolest, funniest, the nicest, the most godly. What do you brag about? Jesus says in verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, maybe, maybe Jesus was saying here that, and people say this, that when the demons were cast out, that he saw Satan fall. But what if Jesus was saying something completely different? What if Jesus was saying something like this? 
you boast and you brag about that thing. Well, I saw Satan fall from heaven. He fell from heaven because he bragged about the wrong things. He fell from his position because he bragged about the wrong things. I saw him fall because he was proud and arrogant. I saw him fall because he was proud and he was boastful and he bragged in the reality that he was the highest angel. Jesus is sitting here and he's watching these disciples and they're excited about the wrong things and he looks at them and says, I saw Satan fall from heaven. What you're bragging about is nothing to brag about. There is one thing to brag about. I saw him fall from heaven. I think we should be careful about what we brag about. Because the thing that we brag about is a thing that will eventually destroy us. Because the moment it's stripped from you, maybe if you rely on your vocal cords or you rely on your ability to play an instrument, well, what if you lose your vocal cords? God forbid. And maybe you lose the ability to play an instrument. Maybe you lose the ability to run. Maybe you lose the ability to have hair. Whatever. I don't even know. Maybe you lose the ability to have the thing that you trust in. That you brag about. And then you fall. Because you bragged about something that was only, only temporal. Something that would burn. Maybe Jesus wasn't saying this. But regardless, it's still a lesson that we can learn. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We have to realize that these things that we have are just temporary. The things that you have are not necessarily wrong, but they're definitely temporary. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 24, Peter is quoting the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40. He says, "All flesh or all man or all men are like grass, and all of their glory is like the flowers of the field, or the flowers of the grass." The grass withers away and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. All men and all of us, everything that we have, people might say something different. And newspapers might say something different. And magazines and books and popular opinion might say something different. But this word is true. And it is proven that man only lives for such amount of time and then he dies we only live for such amount of time Gabriel we're young people yes and you will be old soon and time will tell and time will test and to see whether or not you're legit all men are like grass we die and all of our glory, everything that we brag about is like the flowers of grass. What happens when the winter comes? The fall happens. Flowers die. It's just temporary. 
Jesus says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means harm you. I think we can take from this, Jesus is saying, yes, you're, tr- you're right. And what you're saying, that they obeyed you totally. They do obey you. I've given you the authority. I've given you that natural ability. I've given you those possessions. I've given you these things. These things aren't necessarily wrong. What people think of you is not necessarily wrong. To know what people think of you, that's not necessarily wrong. But don't brag about it. It's one thing to know and to behold something. It's another thing to get caught up and to brag about something. Jesus says, Behold, in verse, or sorry, in verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What does that mean? What does it mean that your name is written in heaven? Our names are written in heaven. It's communicating and letting us know that we have eternal life. That yes, our flesh and everything that we have may burn away and fall away and may not last and it may be temporary, but our souls will live for eternity. And if our faith is in Christ and in God and in, and in what Jesus did, that He died, first that He lived a godly, perfect, sinless life, and that He died a sinner's death for us, and that He rose again three days later, and that now he, is, he ascended into heaven and He sits at the right hand of God. He sits next to the Father. And He's building His church. If that is our faith, we have eternal life. And Jesus says, don't boast and don't brag about these things. Brag that you have eternal life. Don't, jo- don't get joyful and excited about these temporary things because these temporary things won't last. And if you brag and boast about these temporary things, these temporary things will be your destruction. They will be your fall. He goes on in verse 21 and he does this Greek dance. I thank you, Father. And he says that he's excited that Jesus, or sorry, the Father revealed these things to these people, to his disciples. So he's getting really excited. He's very thankful. John 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know the Father, and that they may know the Son whom you have sent. This is eternal life. This is having your name written in heaven. That you know the Father, and that you know Jesus. There's so many things to boast and to brag about. There's so many things to be thankful and joyful for. But there's one thing that really matters. There's one thing that really causes us to be secure. And it's in Jesus. It's in knowing Him. The thing that Jesus brings to them is that you have eternal life. God has revealed Himself to you. You have Eternal life. This is something to brag about. That doesn't mean you strut your stuff and go tell people that you're going to heaven and they're going to hell. But what it means is that you can do a Greek dance because God has given you eternal life. What it means is that you can be joyful that God has given you eternal life. What it means is that you can praise God because He has given you eternal life. What it means is that you can wake up 
And you can brag to yourself that you know God and that He knows you and that you'll spend eternity with Him. There's one thing for us to brag in. It's in that we know Jesus. It's in that we know Him. It's in that we know the Father. It's in that we have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 1, verse, I think it's 29 and 30. This is in the message translation again. He says, none of you can get by with blowing your own horns before God. People blow a horn. They're blowing a horn for themselves. They're boasting. They're bragging. Look at me, right? He says, none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living and a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have this saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. If you're going to toot a horn, toot the trumpet for God. If you're going to make a declaration, make a declaration of Jesus Christ and what He did 2,000 years ago. If you're going to proclaim anything, proclaim in Jesus and what He did for you so that you could have eternal life. Galatians chapter 6 and 14. Paul says, For my part, this is the message again, for my part, or my brag, I'm going to boast about nothing. I'm going to brag about nothing but the cross of our Master, Jesus Christ. It's not what you and I do. It's what God is doing. And He is creating something totally new. If you're going to brag, if you're going to boast about anything, Brag about what Jesus did. If you're going to get caught up in anything, and yes, popular opinion will tell you something different. It'll tell you that it's foolishness. Because we read in 1 Corinthians 1, 16, and 8 through 8, it's verse 18, all the way through the end of 31. I just read a little bit of it. That the gospel, the message of Jesus, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is our power. People might say that what Jesus did is foolish. And people might even tell you, maybe tomorrow, and maybe days from now, months from now, years from now. Some will say, what is your faith? My faith is that Jesus lived a sinless life. He died a sinner's death. He bore my sin and my shame and my guilt. He hung on a cross. He died. And he was there in the grave for three days. And just to make sure, they stabbed him in the side to make sure he was dead. And blood and water spilled out of his side. He was dead. They put people in front of the tomb to make sure that he wouldn't get out. Guards. Roman guards. And then somehow, some way, the tomb rolled away after three days. And Jesus appeared to over 500 men. And then when he was done, he ascended into heaven. And he sits on the throne. 
over all authority and over all power. And He rules and reigns. And every knee will say, Jesus, You are Lord. That's my boast. That's my brag. As time goes on, God's going to reveal more and more things to us about what is my brag and what is your brag. But tonight we can make a decision. I want to brag about one thing. I want to brag about the work of Jesus Christ. We might live in a culture that brags about so many things that we can be a generation that brags about the most important thing. And they may say you're foolish, but God says you're wise. And they may say you're an idiot, but God says you're smart. Because God has shown to the foolish things of this world, or God has shown the wise things of the world by the foolish. He's taken those things that people say were foolish, and He's made it wise. And He's taken those things that were wise, and He's made them foolish. Because what I'm doing right now is foolishness. The Bible says that preaching is foolishness. But to those who have an ear to hear, it's wise. Because as I preach the Word of God, and as I declare this Scripture, I have a faith, and you have a faith, that God is doing something in your heart right now. And you're being transformed. And that you're being fed in your soul. And you're becoming a new person in Christ. And they may say it's foolish, but it's our brag. It's what gets me up in the morning when everything else comes against me. It's what helps me fall asleep at night that God sits on the throne. He sits on the throne. He's not, a, he's not worried on the throne. He's not anxious running around hoping that something works out. He sits on the throne because He rules and He reigns on the throne. And you know what? He's on your side. And we ought to learn how to just sit on His throne with the big man upstairs and thank Him that He has included us into the heavenly places. Or we can brag about temporal things, and get frustrated, go to sleep at night worried and complaining, bickering and gossiping and slandering to ourselves and to somebody else. Get caught up in lustful and horrible pursuits in life. They only lead to death and destruction. And one day you'll fall back on your face and say, God, forgive me. Or you can choose day in and day out that my boast and my brag is in Jesus and His work. In His finished work that He said, hanging on the cross, it is finished. I have done what was needed to be done. And I promise you, you bragging that, you won't be let down. Because God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. And if you choose to sow into the Spirit and into what Jesus did, you will reap eternal life. But if you choose to sow into that which is not eternal, to sow and to brag about that which does not matter and is only temporary, you will find destruction. Would you stand with me tonight?